In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Some people insist upon having titles for homilies. In fact, just a few minutes ago, Father John leaned over to me during the Divine Liturgy and said, what's the title of your homily? Now, being the uh, somewhat irreverent and sarcastic person that I am, I said, how not to screw up a liturgy? <laughs> you know, I, I, I will have to say this, you know, I, it's kind of like a, um, the liturgy is this, this beautifully high performance car, probably something like a BMW. And the priest is the driver. The deacon's the mechanic, the one that has to keep the thing running. So if anything screws up today, it's on me. Well, I said, if anything screws up today, I'm sure it will. But actually, I then did tell Father John, today's title is faith. But if you really like titles, I have a subtitle for you as well. And if I can paraphrase the late President John F. Kennedy, ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. And we'll get to that. And today's homily, it's, it's an exhortation, and, and I hope it's encouragement to all of us as well. And that we don't just come here on a Sunday morning because, well, that's what we do on Sunday mornings. We come to church. I mean, that is true. And I remember Father Hopko, by the way, Father Thomas Hopko had said that we don't come to church, we come to be church. And that is what we're doing here. But we need to be actively involved in living what we oftentimes refer to our life in the greater reality, not just what's around us as we walk out of these doors, but the greater reality that is the kingdom of God. Then last Sunday, Father Nicholas, in his homily, he talked about the Lord being the king and that we are a part of the kingdom. There was the king and the dumb, if you remember that. And we acknowledge that the Lord is the king. And if we do that, then that says that we are his people and he is our king. And understanding how a king and his people work, it's a two-way street. The king is there to take care of his people and to take care of the overall kingdom. And the people, we are here to obey him and work for the others in the kingdom as well. So how do we do this? Well, one way is with our faith, and I want to emphasize that word, faith. And if you try to figure out what's the definition of faith, you know, sometimes I actually, I actually look things up in the dictionary anymore. Um, in the, it was kind of an okay dictionary. There was at least seven different definitions for the word faith. So what we, I think the way we would view faith is it's, the absolute belief and confidence in God. But it even goes beyond that, because I think that there's something in our gut sometimes that we really do understand that we know in our gut that this is right. And even if what your eyes see sometimes doesn't really register with that, still the gut does help. But let's look at today's gospel lesson. In Matthew it says, at that time, 
uh, Jesus getting into, into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city, which is Capernaum. Of course, you know, he just got kicked out of, he got run out of town for healing the uh, two Gergesene demoniacs and sending all the swine into the uh, ocean. And so they, they ran him out of town. So he goes to his own city, Capernaum, and behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on his bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Take heart. Now, if that's not an exhortation, I've never heard one. Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And of course, if you listened to it, or read it along with me, you know, Jesus didn't say, or it doesn't say that when Jesus saw his faith, that he healed him. What he said was, or what it says is, that when Jesus saw their faith. You know, it wasn't just the paralytic that was there, it was the people who brought him with him. And you know, you think about that, I mean, today how do we, how do we treat paralytics, I mean, medically speaking? And you know, a couple thousand years ago, it'd be pretty difficult to deal with it. And can you imagine that you have a friend who's paralyzed, and somebody says, you know what, Jesus is in town, let's go see if we can take our friend and see if we can see him and have him healed. You know, it would have been so easy to say, uh, you know, maybe he can turn water into wine, he can heal some demoniacs, but this is paralysis, come on. It would have been so easy to blow it off, but they didn't. And Jesus saw that their faith, bringing their friend there, he saw that faith, and the faith of the paralytic himself. And he saw that and he said, your sins are forgiven, take heart. And from this we can learn that it's not just my faith alone, it's not just your faith alone that helps us in our life as we strive to the greater reality, to the kingdom of God. It's all of our faith, all of us together. So no slacking, don't do that. No, and it's not just if one or more of us, if we lose faith, that it dooms the rest of us. In fact, it's just the opposite, because our faith that we have can help them to regain their own. But it does affect us. You, I know you've seen and felt when somebody around you, you know they're struggling, and it affects us. It affects us tremendously. Do you ever struggle with faith? Your faith? Very few of us can say that we don't. It's hard sometimes. Just go look at the news tonight. It's hard to have faith on a lot of things. But it's the greater reality we strive to be in. As it's said so often, we're in this world, but not of it. Now, it doesn't mean we ignore it. It doesn't mean we shut ourselves inside this room and just hope for the best. We do have to deal with what's out there. But there is a greater reality and in this, your faith encourages me, and I hope that my faith can encourage you as well. So what do we get out of this? What's our reward? Well, in this case, the paralytic, he actually got, he got a twofer. He got his sins forgiven, and he was physically healed. And thank God he got both. He got the best of everything. And this is another sign of the king taking care of his people. But I found it interesting that the Lord said to him, 
take heart, your faith has made you well, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, first, he didn't say, rise, take up your bed and walk and go home. He said, your sins are forgiven. To the Lord, that was a greater healing. And in fact, the only reason that he healed the paralytic physically, because he knew in his heart what the scribes were saying in their head, which was, this man is blaspheming. And so in order to prove that he did have the authority to forgive sins, he healed the man physically at will. He can do physical healing, and he does spiritual healing as well. And faith on the part of the people was responsible for these things happening. So what now? In other words, okay, I've got faith. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> Funny you should ask that. Because, if you listen to Reader Howard reading the epistle lesson today, St. Paul actually gives us several things that we can do. Of course, it's not an exhaustive list. It's just a number of things to start with. And of course, as he begins, he acknowledges that each of us are different. We have different gifts, and we have them in different measures. He starts out and he says, Brethren, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So not only do we have grace given us, and by that we have gifts, but we're also supposed to use them. Oh. So once again, we see the king taking care of his people. He's extended grace to us. He's given us grace, and along with grace, these gifts. Our faith leads to this grace that we get from God, and thank God for grace. Thank God for that, and that he gives it to us, and that it heals us physically and leads to the forgiveness of sins. Well, St. Paul goes on to list this, these, some, several things for us to do as members of the kingdom of God. And that's it. That's right. We, as members of the kingdom, we're supposed to obey the king and work with each other. So we use these gifts we've been given. He starts out with prophecy. I found that interesting that he starts with prophecy. Uh, number one, that is not my gift. Uh, I do know some people who do have that gift. And of course, discernment comes along with that. Be careful because I don't know, I've said this before, I know, I don't know how many times the world has been prophesied to end in my lifetime. And of course, we're still here. So use prophecy in proportion to our faith. And discernment is part of it service. Now, there's an awful lot of ways to serve. You don't have to be clergy. You don't have to be on the parish council. There's so many different committees we have in this church. It just always amazes me the number of different things that you can become involved in. And I'm not saying you have to become involved in something from the church, but even in the community to help, to help the people of God. And I can't imagine that somebody would turn down help uh, in any committee, in any organization. And just look around, see how you can serve, serve others, and do that according to the grace that's been given you. Teaching and exhorting. And of course, I said I started out today, this is an exhortation. Yeah, I did steal that from St. Paul today. But you know, besides that, and it's the teaching, and I know we're on a summer schedule now, but usually on any given Sunday, there's... Uh, you know, teaching going on for our young children all the way up through adult catechism. 
And, you know, it's such an important thing to do. And if you have any gift to teach, you know, come and talk to someone who's involved in this. It's important not only to teach, by the way, but also to learn. And I would tell you something, too, by the way, about contributing. And it says, in liberality. And that's not just money, but it's also time. And, of course, I always think about this, uh, you know, we, well, let me say this first before you misunderstand. You can't buy your way into the kingdom of God, okay? It cannot be done. In fact, the Lord actually sitting and watching uh, people put huge sums of money into the treasury at the temple. And then the widow came in with her might, and he said she gave far more than anybody else did. It wasn't anything in terms of the dollar value or whatever uh, denomination it is, but it's what you give out of liberality. And in her case, it was out of her, her poverty. Give what you can, even if it's not much. Money, time, whatever it is, you can contribute. And it's not just for you. It's for God. It's for all of us as well. Give aid with zeal. Do acts of mercy with cheerfulness and other ways that Paul doesn't list, but that you can find whenever, wherever, however. Exercise your faith and the grace and the gifts that have been given us. I would make one, um, one example, by the way, of doing things with zeal, which, of course, St. Paul does uh, exhort us to. Um, our Bible Bowl team, I know most of you probably heard, you know, we, we sent the team to uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, Adam King couldn't go. He had a conflict with the camp. Peter Spire, Tom Ballou, my daughter Jenny, Subdeacon Michael, um, left here, I think about, what, 6.30 on Tuesday night. Uh, drove down, picked Peter up in Valencia, went to, the, to LAX, uh, hopped on a flight, left just before midnight from LA. Sometimes you connect through Chicago, which is always a roll of the dice. Um, got to Grand Rapids in the morning, uh, probably, what, about 12 hours before the Bible Bowl. Spent a little time studying. Uh, had actually a very uh, decent showing. We didn't win, but uh, did a pretty good job, especially considering the, the, um, uh, the circumstances. Um, of course, they had a teen party that night, so they had to go party. Uh, my daughter happened to be staying with Father Nicholas and Jan, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, she's texting my wife at 1.30 in the morning, her time, uh, Jenny is, and I'm thinking, you know, Father Nicholas and Jan, uh, I don't know. Uh, but he actually, Father Nicholas made sure Jenny was up so they could leave the hotel at 4 a.m. Um, and then, however you got back home, uh, my daughter walked in the door at 5 o'clock. So about 46 and a half hours uh, to Grand Rapids to, to compete and back. And then, um, of course, uh, clean up. Oh, yeah, we have youth group. So uh, I saw Subdeacon Michael come walking in. He's dragging his roller, roller chase behind him, limping, of course. Uh, he had not been home yet, and he didn't go home until afterward. Now, that's 
zealous service for our youth, and it makes a big difference. And a thank you to Margaret and Jimmy and Farley for yeah, letting your husband and father do that. It's a tremendous service for us. Thank you. Anyway, maybe we can all serve like that with zeal. Whatever we find to do, we need to do that. So St. Paul does exhort us to do it and let us use those gifts that God's given each of us according to the grace that he's given us. And let me use these words from Paul to close. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. <laughs> be aglow with the Spirit, serve the Lord, our King. Rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Amen.